Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back into the Forced to Punt podcast. I am your host, Stephen Serta. As always, I am joined by Dusty Likens. Dusty, hi. What up, Steve? How you doing? I'm all right. So right as we are literally sitting down to record this podcast, we've got this game plan in place. You know, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> going to be a Kansas City Chief for the next 12 years. Signed the biggest contract in sports history. And Raheem Mostert's agent tweets out that they've been trying to get some type of contract extension or some type of uh, some type of new contract from the 49ers. All right, here, let me pull up the tweet. It says, after months... Oh, now it's loading. After months of unproductive <laughs> talks with the 49ers about fairly adjusting Raheem Mostert's contract, which paid him for special teams, we have requested a trade. Disappointing that it would come to this for a guy who led all NFL running backs in yards per carry and helped lead them to the Super Bowl. Um, So, I like Raheem Mostert. I think that Raheem Mostert was a guy that I was going to target in fantasy drafts uh, because I still think that there's value where he was coming off the board. Um, and he's mm-hmm. he had been kind of sliding down anyways because one he's you know, he's a veteran like six year running back or five year running back who's been on several teams and he's you know finally landed, but we see guys like that ha- come along in the NFL a lot like what's what's his face for the Ravens a few years ago who had been on like seven different teams, um, you see guys who who do things like that all the time in the NFL they just find the right system and they find the right opportunity to be productive. At the right time. The problem is the 49ers don't value lead running backs like that. Like he he was expected to probably be the lead running back, but they gave Tevin Coleman a decent amount of money. They're still paying Jarek McKinnon a decent amount of money. He's still on the roster. They still have Jeff Wilson, who was Jeff Wilson was actually really good, like a really good red zone running back for them last year. Like he was productive when he got opportunities. Like the 49ers legitimately use four different running backs. Like they, they have one that might get the bulk of the carries, but they're a full-blown committee. Mostert was incredible in the postseason last year and down the back end of the season when he kind of took over as the lead guy. But even in the Super Bowl, they started Tevin Coleman, and then Mostert came in. Like, 
you're not getting anywhere by demanding a new contract from the 49ers because they don't even the team that you play for doesn't even value your position because they know they can just put anybody out there and be productive the way that Kyle Shanahan schemes everything. Yeah, I think like you said it perfectly before we were uh, coming on here, we were just kind of small talking. I think this is kind of the the career uh, attempt at a home run with what he's doing because he knows that he's got a little bit of time left in his career. He's almost close to the age of 30. Uh, he's coming off a runner-up to a Super Bowl season where I, be- I believe he was like their main running back in that in that Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, you know, that he's on the wrong team to have this type of discussion because Tevin Coleman obviously knows Shanahan's offense. Running backs aren't what that team's going to pay money for to continue to have success in the NFC East or, I mean, the NFC West, let alone try to be a contender for the rest of the future. So, I mean, I think this is just going to be like one of those awkward situations where he's wants money, doesn't get money, but doesn't have any value outside of it. And it's more so just like, a you know, throwing huh. a dart in an attempt to get paid at the age that he is in the league that is so quickly over for that position. Well, and I understand what he's doing. I don't have a problem with him doing it. Good for him. No, yeah. Because, like, yeah. He probably deserves to get paid. And, you know, all the reports this offseason are that he's, you know, how, how many times have we heard this? That, like, he's he's put on muscle, that he wants to be able to take a beating as, like, a running right. back one. Because uh, he's looking at it like, this is my starting job. But I don't think there's anything that guaranteed that anyways. Because Kyle Shanahan, like, Tevin Coleman was supposed to be the definitive starter last year. Then he started the season hurt. And so it was right. Matt, it was Matt Breida, it was Mostert, it was Jeff Wilson. Like, they were using all those guys. And then Tevin Coleman came in. Blew right. up for like two weeks and then was terrible for a few weeks. And that was kind of how it went for Devin Coleman. Like he'd have monster games, then you'd have nothing. And, and then Mostert was the first one that they put in who was like consistently productive. But as far as I'm concerned, right. in, unless they do just decide, okay, fine, we'll give you $3 million or whatever. Like we'll give you an th- extra $3 million this season or whatever. As far as I'm concerned, this completely ruins his fantasy value. And I think it's a bad strategy by his agent, like to to tweet that out because now it's a story. Yeah, this isn't what he sits out, huh? Yeah, uh, I would say now what's he like sit out now, and now it just gets awkward. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing is okay, you're fine. We'll just use we'll just use everybody else. Like Jarek McKinnon signed like a, a fairly big contract with them two years ago and he hasn't played a down because he's had knee injuries. And so like there, they have guys that can be productive in that offense. It's not like Raheem Mostert's out here, like Christian McCaffrey or something. Like I understand how good he was, but that was a limited sample size and you're a journeyman running back. Like it, it's, and I will say like in his defense, he's probably like, just give me like three, $4 million. Like he, he's just trying to get like one, Big paycheck because there's no guarantee for him that he's going to find like a long term deal somewhere else, especially not at 28 years old. But if you were a guy who was banking on like, oh well, I just want, I just want Raheem Mostert because I want the 49ers running back. I want anybody in the 49ers running game. Then you got to bank on that. But he's he's gonna be. I, I don't think that you can trust that now. So Tevin Coleman's probably gonna shoot up draft boards. Jeff Wilson's probably gonna climb up draft boards. I wouldn't be surprised if nobody goes after Raheem Mostert now. I don't think that it's fair either that these running backs have been completely devalued in the modern day NFL and that they take the biggest beating of any football player on the field, but they have the least value of any football player on the field. And so their position has been completely devalued. Whereas, you know, 
you know, in the 90s, running backs were considered like one of the most important positions on the team, and now they're the least important position on the team. And I do think that that sucks, but these these running backs who are trying to get paid and they continue to take the their advice of their agents and it screws them over. Like and they're hoping that one day it doesn't and that it then and that it finally works out for somebody. And so they keep trying to do it and it keeps not working. Like it didn't work for Melvin Gordon, it didn't work for Le'Veon Bell. And Raheem Mostert, like you you put together a very nice year last year, but you're not Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime. Le'Veon Bell was a year in, year out. Like elite running back, league winning running back. I would be the only way I'd be happy with Raheem Mostert on my team is if he's like my running back four now. Like, and, and really before he was like my running back three. It's not like I was going to draft Raheem Mostert to be my number one or my number two. He's like a flex option. Yeah. He's just like a waiver wire pickup or a spot start guy. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. He got me through, like, the final two games of the season. I mean, but, I, mean I think I, he could have been a weekly starter. I don't believe that now. Oh, yeah. No, not now. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, not now. Uh, but I would have I probably started him if I went, like, receiver heavy in the draft. And, like, he was, like, one of my top options. Like, left to, Yeah, I think he'd start. But, so, I don't know. We'll continue uh, to monitor that. I would expect that the 49ers are not going to pay him anything, and he's probably going to slide down draft boards because now he's going to piss the team off. And Kyle Shanahan, like, Kyle Shanahan has just done nothing so far in his career to make you think that he values running backs like that. Like, if if they did, they would have drafted one, like, highly. They, they haven't drafted any high running backs. Tevin Coleman is a retread from his time in Atlanta. Jarek McKinnon is a guy who can just do everything that he wants running backs to do, and he had some success in Minnesota. Matt Breida was a guy that wasn't highly drafted. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, not highly drafted. Raheem Mostert, undrafted. Like, they don't value running backs like that. You don't have any leverage in this situation. I just want to know how much he's asking for. Oh, that's like, you know, so think back to, like, you know, remember when Charkandrick West had a good season for the Chiefs and Spencer Ware had a good season for the Chiefs and they were basically like their lead backs because the Chiefs just didn't have anybody else that year. So the following right. offseason, they gave both of them identical like two-year contracts and they were both cheap as hell. They were they were, they were like right. they were for a total of like four million dollars or something. Like it was nothing but for guys who weren't drafted highly and guys who had never made any money at all, like prior to that in the NFL like yeah that was a good deal like if it's something like that and you believe that okay well he's gonna be our lead back then okay but I just don't I just don't think that they believe that and so and so why spend the money on him for a team that they don't have a lot of money to spend anyways I'm right I'm pretty much out on the 49ers offense I think except for Kittle yeah I mean uh yeah obviously like Kittle's it because I don't now that Debo Samuel's hurt and you don't know when he's going to be healthy. Like if Debo, if Debo really, really slides, which I don't expect him to, because people are still like, I think Debo's an awesome player, and I would like to have Debo on my fantasy team. But I mean, I'm talking like Debo's got to be there in like the 15th round for me to take him, and I, oh. I just don't, I just don't see that happening. And I like Brandon Ayuk too, but he's, but he's a rookie, and I don't trust Jimmy G. Like that 49ers offense, like I don't think the 49ers are going to be the top team in the NFC this year. I, I don't think that they're going to repeat is that is that dominant team and try to make it to another Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to struggle this season. 
bold take. Huh? I said bold take. Oh. That you said bold take or something. Uh, I don't, I don't no, know. No, because that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't have said something like that. I, I just, that's why I didn't really hear it. I was like, what? This, All right, is, but, this is going great. So this so this podcast was really supposed to be about um, offenses that you want to stack in your fantasy football draft. Now, I'm never one. I don't go into a draft generally saying, like, I desperately want to stack Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. One, you're probably not going to get that. But obviously, that's, like, the top offense that you want to stack, probably, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Like you in you know, and there's other offenses where you want as many of their weapons as possible. Like you know, you're still Hardman is going to be a guy that a lot of people believe is going to is a sleeper candidate this year, a breakout candidate. Uh, Sammy Watkins is still going to get drafted uh, just because he's on the Chiefs' offense. Um, I would take Hardman over. Sammy, of course, but I've I've made my thoughts pretty clear on McCole Hardman. I think he's a really talented player. I just don't see the opportunity happening or, or manifesting this season in the way that people are pr- trying to project it for him because he's not going to take, like, if Tyreek stays healthy for a 16-game season, Tyreek Hill is a, in my mind, like a 1,400-yard to, like, 1,600-yard 10-touchdown wide receiver. It doesn't leave a lot of room for Hardman to also have like a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. And you know, Travis Kelsey's a lock for a thousand yards and five to six touchdowns. So, like, Hardman's role is going to be simply what it was like last year with like maybe a few more games with a few more yards. It's going to be the guy that's like, oh, you're not going to cover this guy one on one, or you're not going to double cover this guy, but you're going to cover everybody else. All right, we're gonna send him, but that's only gonna happen like once every four games. That's not somebody that you plug into your daily lineup or your weekly lineups. Yeah, like I think he's gonna run more routes. Like, and he didn't run a significant right. amount of routes at all last year. He didn't play a significant amount of offensive snaps. Yeah, and he was still a highly productive player, which is why people love him so much this season because he was so efficient in the way he was just explosive and i think that that talent's for real in that and that's there and he's going to have those opportunities i think this chief's offense is going to look closer to the 2018 offense this season i just don't see like he's not going to out snap sammy he's not going to out snap tyreek and so you're talking about no. okay well he's definitely out snapping demarcus robinson okay Yes, he absolutely should outsnap demarcus robinson but even when you project that out like you're talking a, a max like 750 yards yeah so i just don't i I don't love mccall for the value but though but that's obviously if you're gonna stack like the chiefs are number one but so i'm curious what your number two stack offense would be because i I don't know if we see eye to eye on that i mean i feel like tampa's one that's like at the top of the list i think they were probably the number tampa's one they're not my number two um God, I don't know why I like Buffalo and Miami. I know that sounds disgusting, but like Buffalo, you get like, you get Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, you get Singletary back again. That's a big one. Again, those, um, I mean, those are candidates at Buffalo, not so much, but Miami, Miami is, I think. Miami's most, sexy. Miami's the most value ready fantasy football team out there that people are sleeping on because they don't trust the Dolphins at all. I love the Dolphins this year. I'm going to be drafting multiple Dolphins players. But my number two 
stack team is the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. a good one. So, so I I accepted a long time ago that I got my. Wait, how is my number two not Tampa? If we both agree that Chiefs are number one, and then you said Tampa's number one, how does that work for me? I said the Chiefs are number one, and you said, yeah. I said who's your number two? Because I don't know if we agree. And you said yes. you said well, I feel like Tampa's in there, and I said Tampa's in there, but Tampa's not my number two. Oh, okay. Tampa's my two. Okay, that's fine. We can talk about Tampa here in a second. Please. I like the Bucks. No, I love the Bucks too. But Okay. The reason I have the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, I decided years ago that I had Patrick Mahomes in a fantasy league his first year as a starter in 2018 and obviously he was I, I won the league that year. He was MVP, he was league winner, 50 touchdowns, 5000 yards. I got him in like the ninth or tenth round of that fantasy draft. I'm never ever going to get that kind of value on Patrick Mahomes ever again, especially not playing in fantasy drafts that are majority Chiefs fans. But this season, like where you know, I think Patrick Mahomes has as good a chance as any to be an MVP. I think Dak Prescott has a really good chance to be an MVP and be the fantasy QB one because he was already really good last year. He is. He also runs more than Patrick Mahomes, so he's going to get more rushing touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. He might not pace him in yardage, but with the added vol- volume in rushing and rushing touchdowns, Dak Prescott's got 35 to 40 touchdown capability this season with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, Zeke. People are really high on Blake Jarwin. I'm not super high on Blake Jarwin, but... At least they don't have the corpse of Jason Witten out there, out there just eating up, <laughs> eating up useless routes anymore. You think Dak goes like 2015 Russ? Yeah, like I, I think Dak Prescott. I think, I think Dak and so Mahomes, what? That's like, is he worth it in the fourth round? No, no, and you shouldn't take him in the fourth round. That's the thing too, is that Patrick Mahomes in most in most standard redraft formats oh, right shit. now yeah. is going in the fourth round, which is, which is low for people like us who play, who play in fantasy leagues with chiefs fans. Cause like, right. like last year in a fantasy draft in one of my main leagues, one of my big money leagues that I've been in for several years, Patrick Mahomes went number one overall. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened again this year. And at the, ver- at the, at the very least he's a, he's not making it out of the first round in that draft. And so, yeah. like, like he'll be at the very least, he's like one twelve or or the pick or two two thirteen, like the pick at mm-hmm. the turn. So, um, so I I don't see uh I don't see a situation where I'm ever gonna have him. But Dak Prescott legitimately is going in like the seventh round, and mm-hmm. so okay. that's there's value in taking him if you get him in like the sixth or the seventh round. You're getting, in my opinion, the quarterback one in fantasy football. Or quarterback too. Like I, I still think that Patrick Mahomes has all of the upside, but like where him and Lamar are going right now, I'm just never going to have those guys on my team. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's going to be people now that pick Lamar Jackson. Like you said, what Pack could go two twelve, two or two thirteen, two fourteen. I think Lamar could go like two sixteen, two seventeen. It's going to be one of those things like in leagues where like when one guy goes, the next is going to go like immediately after. Like I think Dallas is a great team to stack too because of the receivers they have, the middle fingers that Dak's going to be playing with this year, whether he gets paid or not. 
he's going to play out of his mind to get paid. And if he does get paid, I feel like that's also going to enhance his ability to just show everybody else how much better he truly can get the better he, or the older that he gets within that system. Also, like we're going to have a new coach in Dallas. So, I mean, like they're going to try to get the ball rolling with that offense. I'm a little worried, a little worried about Zeke, a little concerned about Elliot, but like, it's not enough. Yeah. But Zeke, like people, people keep talking about like Zeke's numbers going down or whatever. Zeke is just rock solid. Like I, I feel like Zeke out of any running back that you can take, I feel like Zeke is just the safest. Like like Christian McCaffrey's obviously a stud and he's gonna be the number one overall pick in most fantasy drafts, him or Saquon, which I would I'm fine with either one of them. But like Zeke, you just know Zeke is just gonna find his way to twelve, thirteen hundred yards and like eight to ten touchdowns. Like and and that's even if he's not running as much as he used to in a Jason Garrett led offense as opposed to uh Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy led team. But I think they're gonna throw a ton. And they threw a ton they threw a ton last season. So I think there's gonna be weeks where I think the value that you want to chase in your draft is probably I mean, I don't love Amari Cooper, but he's been so productive in Dallas. Like he's obviously gonna be the, their first wide receiver off the board. It's like the value that you can find right now is probably Amari Cooper and C D Lamb. And there's gonna be weeks where you're gonna be able to start both of those guys in your lineup. Yeah, one hundred percent. And if you get if you get if you get Dak and any of those wide receivers, I'm starting those guys uh-huh. every single week. And like, yeah, you have to start Dak. And like, he's going to hurt Michael Gallup's value a little bit, I guess, but I don't think it really hurts that much. Like, I think Mike, Michael Gallup is also a stud. Like he has only gotten better each year that he's been in the NFL, and he makes ridiculous catches. I love CD Lamb too, but CD's probably going to be playing out of the slot, which is going to help him a lot. Like that Dallas offense in my opinion, is going to legitimately challenge the Chiefs this season is the best offense in the NFL. You think CeeDee Lamb has the, uh, oh, what's the cat out of Atlanta's first year? You think he has a Cal Ridley rookie season this year or better? Um, I don't know. I don't know what Calvin Ridley's rookie numbers are off the top of my head. I know he had like six games in a row where he had a touchdown and like everybody was freaking out about him. I know he had yeah, like I mean, stint. He had, he had 821 yards his rookie year and six touchdowns. And yeah. So yeah. Um, and Calvin Ridley is a huge breakout candidate this year. Yeah. I think he can easily do that. Or he had 10 yeah. touchdowns his rookie season. I'm sorry. Not six. He had 10 touchdowns. I don't, I don't know if CD lamb's going to have 10 touchdowns, but I think he could, he could easily have, like 800 yards. I think there's just going to be a lot of volume in that offense. Like I think Dak Prescott's thrown for at least 4,500 yards this year. Mm. You said fourth or fifth round. You should think about it. Or I mean, sixth or seventh round. You should think about it. I mean, right now he's going in like the seventh and Mahomes is going in like the third and fourth round in in most standard drafts. But in our, and like, like I'm saying, like in our chiefs drafts, you just expect no first round. Yeah, I don't even I don't even imagine having Mahomes on my team. Um Okay, so your number two team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with that. They're they're probably like my number five. Um <sighs> just because like so I just don't think a a stack with Tampa Bay is very feasible because like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both like first round picks. Right. So you're not you're not gonna get both of those guys. I do 
if you got both of those guys, I would start both of them every week without question. Um, and I do like I, I, I think Tom Brady is going to put up numbers this season. Like I, I, I do believe that. I don't think Tom Brady's as washed as everybody wants to say that he is, even though he's you know, forty-two years old. And I, I don't know what to expect from Gronk. Gronk is going to get drafted too high by somebody, though. Like, right now, Gronk's draft position isn't terrible. Like, he's still going behind the guys that he should be going behind after sitting out a year. But there's always going to be somebody in your fantasy drafts who's just like, oh, Gronk, I remember him, and, and drafts and drafts him, like, in the in the, in the Kelsey-Kittle range. And he, I don't think he has any business going in that range this year. But, I mean, he's also Gronk. He's one of the greatest tight ends that's ever played the game. So he could completely prove me wrong, and he could be – and it's with Brady, so you know Brady's going to force feed it when they throw the ball. Um, so I like all of those weapons, and I like Ronald Jones a lot. Ronald Jones is a guy that's got tons of value right now, so I'm definitely targeting him in multiple drafts because a lot of people are going after Keyshawn Vaughn, and I think Ronald Jones is a guy that you want to have. So I think if with Tampa Bay, I, I really like their offensive weapons, but I think the only feasible stack that you could be looking at is like a Brady and Gronk stack or or I don't know you or uh Ronald Ronald Jones and Gronk because those are the guys that are that are coming with the most value and you can get Brady later because nobody has faith that he's gonna go out and throw for like 35 touchdowns I feel like you could take like a you could stretch a pick on uh on on Godwin and take him maybe higher than he should go and then that would give you a situation where like you know, Brady's going to be around. He's not going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken. I guarantee you that. I think it could be feasible to have like a Godwin Brady Jones. And I think that'd be an okay stack to have. Yeah. Um, Jones. What do you mean, Jones? Or Ronald Jones? I mean, uh, um, yeah, Ronald Jones. So. Yeah, but and I mean, you can get value in Brady. I just don't. I don't know that I feel comfortable with Tom Brady being my starting quarterback either. Like I still true. Like, I, I know I just said like I think that he is going to be able to put up numbers. There's just so many guys that I like over him that I don't want to bank my whole fantasy season on the Tampa Bay offense either. And so that's also something that comes into play when I think about this. Like, uh, like my next team, the Saints. Like there's there's stackable players on that offense and. I don't I don't want Drew Brees on my roster this year, but you can get value with Drew Brees. Michael Thomas is going to be the number one wide receiver off the board. Um, Al, Alvin Kamara is probably still a first round pick, but if for some reason he slides because of a struggling year last year, uh, that's the problem with the Saints' offense too. Though is it's just those three guys. Like all of these other offenses have more guys. Like but those but those three guys can be the elite of the elite if you give them the opportunity. They just there there's nobody else after that. Like I guess I guess Emmanuel Sanders has some value. I just don't I, I just don't know how that's gonna work. Like Emmanuel Sanders is a fine player, but Emmanuel Sanders isn't uh like a top end wide receiver. He's like he's like a flex wide receiver. Like he he's solid and consistent every year, but he never blows you away. And he's not going to go out and get like ten touchdowns. He's like a, he's like a like a four to six touchdown guy. Yeah, you're not going to win much in your fantasy league if you have uh, Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders as your guys to go with. 
You like, uh, are, you, are you still stacking a little bit high on uh, Minnesota? You think that's like the cousin Thielen Cook type of team? No. Yeah, that's gone. away from Minnesota. I, th- I think that, that offense is done. Um, now, I mean, they, they don't know if they're getting Dalvin Cook. He might hold out. Alexander Madison, like, I don't trust Thielen to hold up for a full season. Like, I think Adam Thielen's going to be a fine fantasy wide receiver. I just don't really trust him to hold up for a whole season. I don't trust Kirk Cousins either. Um, what about Baltimore? Because, see, see, Baltimore is another team, like, offensively anyways, like New Orleans. Uh-huh. I love what the Ravens did in the draft. I think that they only made their team better in the offseason as well. I think the Ravens are the number one challenger to the Chiefs to to keep the Chiefs from repeating as Super Bowl champions. The Ravens are a really, really good football team. But they added a bunch of pieces on defense. So their defense is going to be really, really good. But uh-huh. And obviously Lamar, everybody's picking Lamar to you know have, be that type of player once again. I, th- I think Lamar is a special, special player. But I'm not going to have Lamar on my team. I already know that. We already talked about that. He's going too high. Uh-huh. There's not, there, I don't see the value in taking him. And so I'm not taking Lamar. Uh, but then you have Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. And, like, if Mark uh-huh. Ingram goes down, Dobbins has, like, league winner potential in that offense. Um, oh, yeah. But I think the only value really on that offense are Mark Mark Ingram and Marquise Brown. I love Marquise Brown. I'm trying to get – You don't like Mark Andrews? I'm trying to get Marquise Brown in every league that I'm in. Where's he going? Like, fifth round? Like, fifth and sixth. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mark so Andrews. He's Mar- Mark Andrews is fine. I like Mark Andrews. It's just, I don't know. Like, okay, so if I'm taking Mark Andrews, who I think right now is going in the fourth and fifth round, I'm mm-hmm. saying he's gonna take a big step, like because he was really, really good last year, right? But he's not yeah. Kelsey, and he's not Kittle. He's not in that tier. And so, if you take him in the fourth round. You're saying he's gonna become Kelsey and Kittle this year, and I don't believe that. I don't. I don't. I just That's don't fair. Think, I just don't think he's that type of player. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's Greg Olson. You don't think he can be Zach Ertz? I mean, but like even Zach Ertz, like I never put Zach Ertz in the same tier as Kittle and Kelsey. Like Zach, I put him in like early Zach, Kelsey. No, like like it was Zach, like Kelsey no, and like Zach, Zach Ertz is just. He's a pro- he's his entire career so far like he's never been a super efficient pass catcher. He's just a product of volume. Like they just didn't have cats. And so they were just feeding him. And so he'd have these games where he'd have you know 10 catches and 120 yards or whatever. But he's never been explosive the way that Kelsey and Kittle are. Like I I I I Zach Ertz, he's, you know, a top 5 tight end probably still. But I still had him like in a tier below those two because Kelsey and Kittle are just insane. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because Noah Fant's gonna be the best tight end this year in fantasy football. I mean, I like Noah Fant, and that's- I'm just letting you know ahead of time that he's gonna be the best tight end in fantasy football this okay. year because our boy is slinging him the rock. So, okay, well, what it? All right, you know what? Let's talk about the Broncos then. Okay. So similar to the we, Miami Dolphins, I think the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared of the Broncos because I just don't know what the hell they're gonna do. They have a new offensive. You know exactly what they're gonna do. Well, they have a new offensive coordinator, so I'm assuming that's gonna it's gonna be better because last year they had they ran one of the most generic offenses in the NFL. Right. And so they've got 
You know, I you know I love the weapons. Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Like yeah, I love all of those weapons, and I want shares of those guys in some capacity, specifically Sutton and Judy, on my team. And I think you can get value on both of those guys right now. Uh, and Fant too. Fant's gonna be a, a later guy because he's young and people don't have faith in him yet. And I and I don't know if I want Fant as my if I'm ready to believe in him as my n- number one tight end headed into a fantasy season. But he, if I can get him as my number two guy and then he blows up, great. Um, I just don't. I don't want to put. I don't want to slide into that with Denver and put my whole fantasy season on the line. Like if I can get those guys at a value, yeah, I want them on my roster. I'm not willing to risk my entire fantasy season the way I would on the Chiefs or the Cowboys. No, I just think there's a lot of value. God, man, they're just like they have potential to like have so much value at like where you can select a lot of those guys. Because I still don't believe, and the, and this is what's also interesting. Like, and and our draft, and if anybody's listening to this, your type of draft where all of your friends are in it, and they're all from Kansas City, and they just bank heavy, and everybody wants a part of a Chiefs player that puts up numbers because it makes them feel better when they watch the game. That's how that goes. Think about it the other way. There's a lot of options on other teams in the Chiefs division. Sutton's there. Judy's there. I don't know what the hell to think about Melvin Gordon, but I feel like he's going to be somewhat involved in that offense. And these guys are guys that you can pick up later in rounds when people like your friend Craig, who takes Patrick Mahomes fifth overall because he wants to have Patrick Mahomes on his team. That's why like, I think it's good that like, you can stack these like Sutton, Gordon, Fant type of guys where people only in your leagues want Kelsey, Mahomes, Tyreek, you know, yeah. those type of guys, and they oh. forget about these guys, and those guys so, can be valued. Like, I'm not saying that you take Noah Fant early in the round. I'm saying you could probably find him later in the round, and he'd be still oh. a tremendous value for where you'll get him because people forget about him. So, but I, th- I think there's, you know, like we talked about um... – with the Ravens and with the Saints, like, you know, they've got some potential yeah. elite options. They just don't have as many is mm-hmm. is the Chiefs. Like, so there, there's other teams on the board that I think are just have have better value in like stackable options like Atlanta. If yeah, they're good. Like you, you can legitimately get Julio and Calvin Ridley on the same roster. That's tough. Like, because be tough. because they're going to be spread out and I would be fine with that i would because you know atlanta is one of the most pass heavy teams in the nfl every single year yeah they brought in yeah. todd Gurley, but i'm not convinced that todd Gurley is going to be you know the workhorse running back and they're not all of a sudden just going to start running the ball like they have matt ryan and matt ryan's still a solid quarterback and matt ryan just throws like crazy every single season so you know calvin ridley is this massive breakout candidate but he's still going a couple of rounds behind julio jones I wouldn't be upset at all if I wound up with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on my team, and I would start both of them each and every week. I just don't know how you can get that. I just feel like, I feel like Julio, you have to have a top what seven pick, no, I, which Julio, means you're Julio's, not picking again for Julio's another. Julio's going in the second round right now, like early. Oh, so he's round. He, it's it's finally hit Julio. He's finally out of well, that top just, tier. Well, part of it is the Calvin Ridley hype. And I think Calvin really is going to take a big step forward this year, like Chris Godwin did last year. 
but you can yeah, still that's get, what I have. But you can still get Calvin Ridley. Like if you get Julio in the second, you can still get Calvin Ridley in the fourth or fifth. Yeah, I got Godwin. I think last year in the fourth in my league, and I don't obviously he's not going to be there this year. But like that's where I kind of had like my eye on like that's where I'm going to keep you know looking like is Ridley there in like the you know the third or fourth round like is he still floating around because I'm with you I think he's going to be huge but I just don't man I just those those are stackable options that I would rather have yeah over over some of the teams that we look at like oh they're elite offenses like Atlanta's a really good offense like I feel like they get looked over sometimes as being kind of an elite offense like I think Julio and Calvin Ridley are elite stackable options this season I mean yeah I feel like a team that you would want to stack might be like the Chargers because they're going to be behind all the, all the time. They're just going to no, constantly no. be losing. No, no. you don't want to do anything with Eckler. And why would they be behind all the time? Their defense is going to be really good. But I don't know. I feel like they're not going to be good at all this year. I mean, I feel like they're going to struggle to score points, which means I don't want any Chargers at all because I don't trust Tyrod. That's but, true. I, but their D, de- I do. I think their defense is a top five defense in the NFL. Their defense is just loaded. Um. So, but even like, so you could make the argument for Pittsburgh with who I think is, I'm about as high on Deontay Johnson as anybody. I think Deontay Johnson's going to be a stud and he's going to be a guy that you can get a ton of value on right now, even though he is kind of climbing up draft boards because fantasy experts everywhere are in love with Deontay Johnson. Um, really? I, I drafted him in two dynasty leagues last year because I love him. Uh, but yeah. Juju's going to be back, and Juju's in a contract year, so I think Juju's going to have a nice bounce-back year with Ben. Like Those are stackable options potentially, but not ones that I'm necessarily going out of my way to get. Yeah. Uh, the And we, we talked about it a little bit. Like The Dolphins are the most cost-effective fantasy football team that's around right now. Like It's... Their offense is, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua. Uh, we like uh-huh. both of them. I, I think they're both uh-huh. going to be fantasy relevant no matter who winds up starting. I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick. But Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Uh, Preston Williams coming back from an ACL tear, but they expect him to be ready for the season. Devontae Parker coming off of a career year. Mike Jasicki headed into year three after finally being productive last year in his second that, season. That's your guy. He's got he's got a lot of value. Jordan Howard, Matt Breida. I would take Jordan Howard over Matt Breida. Matt Breida is not an every down running back. We we just know that definitively. He's really fast and explosive, and I think he's a talented player. Matt Breida is not going to be an every down running back. I would take Jordan. No, Howard. but he's the. Jordan I feel like Breida's the PPR running back though. Uh, I mean, maybe, but Jordan Howard Jordan Howard has just been like he's been productive everywhere he's gone. Like even for the Eagles last year before he got hurt. He was having a really right. nice season. Like Jordan Howard's not an elite running back or anything, but he's just solid. Like you just know what you're gonna get from him. Like the yeah. the Dolphins have value across the board, and people are sleeping on the Dolphins because it's the Dolphins. I'm not saying the Dolphins are gonna go 12 and four or anything, but the Dolphins have legitimate fantasy upside. I think the Dolphins are gonna be this year's version of what the Bucks were last year. Like, they're just gonna sling it. <laughs> like, they're gonna, yeah. Like they're like just gonna, they're gonna, gonna, they're gonna have five thousand yeah. yards and thirty interceptions. Look, 
I don't know if he's going to throw 30 picks, but I know one thing, and that is Ryan Fitzpatrick is ending his career soon, and he's not going to be shy about it. Not only that, but they have that team as like kind of like a, we're not expected to be good, but we can kick your ass every once in a while when we play you. And I feel like that's how they play football. And I feel like they could put up some major points. And when you're looking at your roster, yeah, the Miami Dolphins record might be, you know, three and nine midway through the season. But what you really look at is like where guys rank when it comes to points that PPR league. And there's a lot of PPR talent on that guy in your roster. They're going to give teams trouble next season. Like their defense is actually going to be good. Oh, yeah. Like they spent a lot of money on defense. Yeah, and that division has been rocked. Like the division lost the, you know, the goat or whatever you want to call Tom Brady. Belichick's got a new guy in Cam. I think it's in the Buffalo Bills went and got a big stud receiver. Josh Allen's coming off his best year he's ever had, so there's more confidence there. That division is rocked, and I mean Miami's just been the same team. They play in South Beach. They're fine. They're doing what they. I mean, I don't know. I just there's a lot of value on that team. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're still a year away from being like a legitimate playoff contender or something like that right but they're they're a seven and nine scare you team yeah they're they're gonna be a fun team i'm really excited about the dolphins actually which is what Um, tampa was last year you know how much of a man crush i had on tampa last year so okay so how do you feel last team before we get out of here the seattle seahawks so russell wilson obviously going to be a top top ranked quarterback as he should be um yep He's going and, you know, he's going later. So there's more value in taking him than there is uh, like Mahomes or, or Lamar or something like that. Uh, right. And then second year, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They signed Greg Olson. Uh, they're going to get Will Disley back. And Will Disley was really good before he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Carson. Like they're not. So I think. Out of any of their offensive weapons for Seattle, I think DK Metcalf is the one guy that I really, really want on my team. Yeah, and the secret's out about DK, right? Like now the the yeah, whole like the, I mean, the body being a myth is no longer a thing. The talent's there. Yeah, well, but just, like where's the value rank? Is he a third round guy? If he just like, no, he's not that high. Yeah. Like I don't know if he's I don't know. I mean, it's just like it's like how much can DK like support your team is where like, it's interesting to know like where he's going. Like, I mean, if he's in that realm of like the, you know, fourth, fifth round, somewhere down there deep in those rounds or something, uh, it'd be interesting to know. Cause I mean, I now, now people believe it. Now it's no longer he's going, he's going late third round early. Yeah. Round. See, I don't know if I want DK that much value. Yeah. I mean, that's where I mean, like, that is like, I feel like Tyler Lockett probably has more value. Circumstance. I I didn't really realize he was climbing up draft boards that much. I love him. I think he's gonna be yeah. awesome. I think he's gonna have a huge season because uh, he's just gonna progress as a player. I hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just for me personally, I guess I feel like he's the one guy that I really, really want to target. Would you take him in the third? Uh, probably not. I mean, he's going ahead of Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett's going in the fourth, so it's not like there's huge value there. I mean, maybe. It depends on kind of how my draft shakes out. Like, right now, he's going ahead of Allen Robinson, James Conner, Mark Ingram, like, in the same area as Calvin Ridley, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Leonard Fournette. Like, 
I would I would take Calvin Ridley over DK. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think I'd take DK in the third round. Yeah, I just don't. Think I don't either. I just don't think there's a situation that would that would shake out right for me to say, okay, I'm riding with DK. He does, I don't. I just don't trust it. Well, like that Seattle like offense. More, there's could, more value later on in in the in the draft at wide receiver than any yeah. other position. So if I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather take Mark Ingram there because like Mark Ingram, I know Mark Ingram's at least gonna he's gonna pay you pay off his draft stock. Like like he's gonna be solid as long as he stays on the field. Like you could still get. Juju Smith-Schuster there. You could still get David Johnson. You could still get Todd Gurley, David Montgomery, DJ Moore, uh, Odell. If Odell's there, I'm taking Odell. In the fourth? Yes. I'm, I, still have oh faith, I still have faith that Odell's going to bounce back this year. Well, and that could be big-time value there. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, I guess after this talk, I'm out on Seattle. You're welcome. You think DK still rocks the uh, pacifier mouthpiece? I hope so. Unless he's grown out of it. He better. Yeah. I think it's the first time I've ever changed your mind. I feel I feel like this was a win today for me. I like that. That was that was a win for the dustman. Yeah, I didn't realize the ADP had climbed that much on Seahawks players. It doesn't really uh, make sense for a team that refuses to throw the football and wants to run for no reason. He's Dusty mask. Likens. I'm Steven Serta. Thank you guys for listening. As always, please download the Radio.com app and subscribe to all of our content on the 435 Podcast Network. Uh, We will talk to you in the near future. Peace. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 